Hello, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast episode four. This is episode 269, uh, an extended interview with Mr. Hip. This is his second time on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview. He's one of my uh, one of my favorite people. He's really just a solid person. Yay. I don't have a lot of other things to check in with about. I'm in the new space, as I talked about in the podcast. I'm getting settled in. I'm really enjoying having like, ah, like a dedicated podcasting, speaking, music, writing, everything space. Um, yeah, now I got to work on focus and momentum. So I, I'm almost settled in. And I, I, the new year, new year, it's going to be banging, as they say. Anyway, that's all I've really got for you. Um, stay tuned for more podcasts. Thank you, as always, for being a patron. And uh, here's Mr. Hip. Hey, patrons, this is your special bonus interview for, uh, I don't know what episode this is going to be, but it's episode something. Uh, Donald Vincent, a.k.a. Mr. Hip, is joining me again. Thank you, Donald. Thanks for having me. Hello, Patreon subscribers. Yeah, this is my favorite time. I love doing these interviews. It's like, I don't know, there's something, magic always seems to happen. No pressure, but magic oh, yeah. always happens. <laughs> so um, a couple of things I'd love to ask when it's a vegan that I'm interviewing. And one like is how, what is your vegan story? What what made you go vegan in in your life? So I was doing a poetry event in New York City uh, in 2014, 2000, 2014, I believe. And this young lady, she did a poem. Um, of, it was a chicken. So she had on the screen just a chicken sitting in like a, a egg holder. And she did a poem about how chickens are treated in America. And I was like, oh, man, chickens are treated like uh, uh, black people to some extent after listening to the poem. And then it it was that day that I decided to abstain from eating animals. And so I went home. I was already doing the, the research and what that would consist of, especially financially, because it assisted me greatly financially uh, getting rid of animal products. But that was my original uh, coming to becoming vegan story. Um, just watching that poem and just seeing how animals are treated. And then from there, um, it was mostly a financial decision um, after that, but being able to be ingrained with some of the PETA uh, demonstrations in Boston through Laura Ray, I, I met some amazing people. I met vegans that have been vegan their entire lives. Um, they would show me how to use a dehydrator. Um, so that opened up a lot more to things that I can cook and prepare, like dry fruits and things of that nature. I would have never known how to make those things. And a lot of those are cost savings. So that was my introduction to being vegan, actually. It's a trip that whenever someone says, I'm like, oh, and then one day I heard about how animals were treated and I went vegan that day, I'm always amazed because it took me a long time of like, well, like, I don't know, like a lot of back and forth before I finally did it. And I did. But it's 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 always amazing to me that that people are able to do the logical thing, which is, oh, shit, this is terrible. I'm not doing this anymore. It's I, like I understand people culturally being tied to eating living things or things that were once living. But for me, it's like once the writing's on the wall, it's on the wall. You go into a Whole Foods and you get the, the best milk, for example, that you can get. It says RGBH free. And I'm like, what is RGBH? I get home and it's a rabbit hole. It's like poison after poison after yeah. poison after poison. And it's why do I want this in my body? <laughs> like, how is this? 
creating strong bones, Mr. USDA, to some extent. And so it's it's the, the it's there. But I think people are so caught up in the habit of eating it. Um, and I actually was reading a book. It's uh, I don't have it near me, but it's called uh, Drawdown, like one of the like the best ways to to kind of mitigate climate change before 2050. Mm-hmm. And the top four uh, reason is plant based diet. That's what's going to help us. So, it, you know, the writing's on the wall either way you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. When you uh, when you were a kid or throughout your life, did you were you someone that was especially sensitive to animals or to justice? You know, I, it's actually funny. Um, where I grew up at, I was afraid of dogs. Like growing up, I think the only dogs I've ever known were German Shepherds, Rockwallers, Pit Bulls, like the kind of dogs that you think are threatening nowadays. And so for me, I was afraid of dogs, then like animals. My good friend teases me. Uh, we were in college once. Um, hanging outside one of our dorm buildings, I saw a fox and I was like, oh, a fox. And I ran away and he's like, bro, it's just a fox. It's not going to bother you. Uh-huh. And at that time, I'm like, no, but it's a fox. Like it could get me. And so when I became vegan, that's when I became more compassionate to animals, like visiting my first trip to a, a farm sanctuary, an animal sanctuary, and being able to have a relationship with animals, pet and rub a pig's belly. And then to hear that, you know, the pig's hair used to be used for toothbrush bristles. I'm like, for what? This is a lovely creature. Like, and then, you know, things of that nature. So being able to have that experience with animals after becoming vegan actually made me more compassionate. But I was afraid of pets. I think I maybe had a fish <laughs> as a child, but uh, we like dog sat and I I would stay outside the entire time whenever my parents dog sat. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I'm, I'm kind of similar where I, I was vegan for a while before I, you've probably heard this. I think I've said it on this podcast a lot too, where <laughs> like I was like, I went vegan because I like just from a philosophical standpoint, I didn't want to be violent. But then yeah. when I started meeting animals, it was like, oh shit. Like I, like I knew cats and dogs and I was sort of ambivalent to them unless it was like a cat that I knew or a dog that I knew. Yeah. But like suddenly like seeing these animals, I kind of talk about it in the show too, that realization of like, oh man, like this is, this is the creature that that happens to. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a trip. Um, it's the, the one, just another thing to go off that is, you know, animals, like, it's crazy. Like, you think of, like, old McDonald had a farm, like, you know, and cows live this luscious life, and they are supposed to give us milk. Like, we're supposed to drink this. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until going to the sanctuary for the first time, uh, Maple Farm Sanctuary had a cow, and her name was Cassie. And they said when they brought it to the farm, it jumped into the barn and, like, would stay there because the, the the cow did not like being outside. It was afraid of being outside because it was raised in a basement. Mm. And so it just had this general fear of being outside. And I was like, oh shit, like that cow like has feelings that a person would do, you know? And, and, and to me, like that showed me that animals are unique individuals, unique beings. And so I, again, no turning back once you see things like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I really appreciate that observation. Like the thing with chickens that got me, cause I like chickens, I was like, what? Like it's a chicken. Like I don't want to hurt it, but I mean, it's a chicken. Come on. But like seeing that when I started spending a lot of time at Tamerlane and seeing that they had relationships with each other and like the chickens, like there would be a chicken that recognized me mm-hmm. or they recognized each other. There are certain chickens that hung out together and like they would have, they would have grief if one of the chickens died. Like, you know, it was real, like, whoa like 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I love these moments when my only statement is, it was like, whoa. But that's like, how do you put that in words? That realization it, that, like, oh, they're, they have an experience like we have. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. So you've been in LA for a while. Uh, do you have a favorite food there? What do you like to eat? Oh, man. LA and food. <laughs> um, so I'm, 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 oof. LA is a huge place, you know, as you know, to get around. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I live uh, just outside of downtown LA. My go to restaurant is a restaurant in Boyle Heights. It's called Un Solo Sol, U N S O L O S O L, all uh, three words. And they are a vegetarian restaurant and they do have a uh, servant, they do serve minimal animal products. But the vegan options are amazing. Everything on their uh, menu can be made vegan. It's cheap. Uh, one of the things that I realize is that they don't take gratuity because the food is a little bit uh, costs a little bit more, so the everyone could be paid a living wage. And my favorite thing about the restaurant is if you bring your child to eat there and you do your home, you do their homework, you work with your child after, after the school time and help them with their homework, you get a percentage off your meal. And because I live in a, a disenfranchised area, having parents come to that restaurant to do their homework with their kids and receive a discount, that's just like the best of both worlds. Enjoy a plant-based meal while you get a discount and help your kid do their homework. I, I love that kind of thing. What? Second, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. What's the name of that place thing? again? Sorry, I uh, heard to interrupt you. Solo Soul. Un solo soul. Yep. And then my second favorite restaurant, or I would say it's a little bit out there. Um, I think it's called Kremlin's Crimsies. I can get back to you, but it is the first Cajun vegan restaurant I've ever eaten. I've been at. to that. It's called, oh shit, Crimsies, right? Something Crimsies, like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, I don't know. I, I think I follow like a vegan uh, band called Moon Honey Band on Instagram, and I, I saw them post a T-shirt, and I looked at the shirt, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, a vegan Cajun restaurant? This, this is real? Like this is a thing? The Cajun couldn't be vegan." And then I checked it out, and I've just I love that place. Uh, I love it. I only have had their beignets. I went and had beignets there one day. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was they were good. I got to go back there. Oh come on, L.A. I really like it there. It's, it's nice. Beautiful. beautiful. Produce is cheaper. It's beautiful. Oh, well, I didn't even know that about the produce. Oh, come yeah. on. Nice. All right. So we'll wrap this one up. Um, I'm right. always so happy to talk to you. Always good vibes. and Oh, good vibes. That sounds so corny, but you know what I mean. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I think the biggest pleasure chatting with you uh, on this portion is that it's for the Patreon subscribers because those are the people that help you continue to do what you do. And so to be able to provide extra content for them and to be able to talk directly to them is, is, is a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, well, I really appreciate your willingness to do both interviews, especially this yeah. one, because this is where the cool kids are. And yeah, sure. uh, oh, I love that I can say that because only the cold kids will hear it. Uh, so, <laughs> so thanks again. And uh, everyone check out uh, Mr. Hip's new album. Oh, yes, yes.